Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. We are starting a new section in this book, and it's so very exciting. I am recording this on October 9th at 7 a.m. It's a Monday. Let's get the week going. Let's get the week going. Let's do the work and more work and some more work. Yeah. Okay. The first word is emulous. E-M-U-L-O-U-S. Adjective from 1535. 1A. Inspired by or deriving from a desire to emulate. Uh, did we have emulate in? Yes, we had emulate in the previous episode. Um, emulate, uh, let's see, copying, basically. So, inspired by or deriving from a desire. I have a desire to emulate, uh, so I would be emulous. I am emulating the things, replacing them, copying them, emulous. 1B, ambitious or eager to emulate. Oh, oh, I'm just so excited to do some emulating today. I'm feeling emulous. Wow. I did not do any of my <laughs> lip mm, um, uh, warm-ups. Oh, and I got a thing. My lips are dry here, and it's very cracky. I got some Vaseline I got to put on it. Uh, number two, this is obsolete. The synonym is jealous. Ooh. Now, it's been a few days since I recorded. Is there anything in the word emulate rivalring? Yeah, if you're like rival, that that could see a connection between that and jealous. That makes sense. Emulously is an adverb, and emulousness is a noun. Oh, let's see. The sound effect today is going to be... Ooh, let's do... Um, the next word is emulsifier noun from 1888 one that emulsifies especially a surface active agent as a soap promoting the formation and stabilization of an emulsion and we're going to talk about emulsion real soon but anything that emulsifies is an emulsifier i don't know what specifically that would be are there products that we call emulsifiers i don't know anything about this let's go to the next word <laughs> emulsify transitive verb from 1859 to disperse as in oil in an emulsion but then also to convert into an emulsion and the example of what you are converting into an emulsion is two or more immiscible liquids. Okay, okay. So you got two or more liquids that are immiscible, whatever that means. Um, and you are, you're going to emulsify them. You're going to mix them together, I believe. Um, so the first part of it is to disperse in an emulsion. And the example is an oil. So I think of... I, I'm... I'm have a little bit of knowledge, not much, just just sort of what I picked up over the years when I, I don't because I'm not a, I'm not a big cook person. Um, so if you are you have to you have to blend somehow the oil into the thing. Maybe you've got two things like an oil and a water or an oil and a something that don't usually mix together. but if you emulsify them, then maybe they will become mixed. It's a very special special way to blend possibly. 
I don't know not. I don't know. Would you? Is this baking? Is this other kinds of cooking? What is this? Um, emulsifiable is an adjective, and emulsification is a noun. So here we go. Here we go with the last of the em words. It's emulsion. Noun from 1612, 1A, a system as fat in milk, consisting of a liquid dispersed with or without an emulsifier in an emissible liquid, usually in droplets of larger than colloidal size. Okay, I'm not entirely sure what that said. A system consisting of a liquid dispersed with or without an emulsifier in an emissible liquid, usually in droplets of larger than colloidal size. I guess what it's saying is that, let's say you take uh, the fat in milk and you're dropping it, big drops, big drops into an emissible liquid, um, and it's dispersed. Yeah, it's you're putting the liquid into another liquid. That's essentially what it is. Emulsion. Okay, what else we got to say? 1B, the state of such a system. Huh? The, the state, this, the emulsion is in a state of emulsion. I mean, that's just logic. Number two, here we go. It's another long definition. Uh, well, the first part is just the 2B3 definition for the word suspension, but especially a suspension of a sensitive silver salt or a mixture of silver halides in a viscous medium as a gelatin solution, forming a coating on photographic plates, film, or paper. So this this seems like, yes, this is maybe what they use to develop film uh, photographs. Because I've heard of uh, silver halides and uh, those sorts of things in relation to developing film. And uh, maybe I've heard of emulsion too. I've never developed my own film. I think that would be a cool thing to do, but I've never done it. Uh, so that's another way emulsion gets used. Photography and, uh, well, in other types of, you know, photographic plates, film or paper. So photography and also uh, liquids. How, how you use this emulsion, what do you, how do you, you got to make an emulsion of a, you got to blend the fats and the oils and the emissible liquids. Don't forget the emissible liquids. This word, okay, this word is from the Latin emulgere, which means to milk out. Interesting. From the E prefix plus mulgere, which means to milk. Akin to the Old English melkon, which means to milk. And then also the Greek word amelgin, which it doesn't say what that means, but it's probably also related to milk. So this is all about milk. Milking, milking a thing. I mean, they, they probably used it when they were milking cows and goats and stuff. Um, and then it just became the blending of the liquids, the putting the liquids together. And it probably all started with milk because there's fat in it. And maybe that's hard to mix in with other things. I'm not sure. And the sound that maybe it makes is... Okay, here is the EN section. Whole new two-letter area. We finally got to the N's. It's not the N's, it's the E's, but it's N. Okay, the first word is N. Noun from 1792, 
Number one, the width of a piece of type half, the width of a piece of type, there should be a comma there, the width of a piece of type, half the width of an M. Okay, so I believe the M, the E-M, was the width of a piece of a letter, like if you're printing, your old, old printing presses, you got the letters, and I think that the width was about the same as the height, so it was kind of like square shape, but an N is the same, it's, it's, it's half the width of an M, so it's skinnier maybe than it is tall. So you got your, uh, you got your dashes on your keyboard, and you can make M dashes and N dashes. So the M dash is wider, and the N dash is skinnier. By half, I guess. And then number two for N is the letter N, and it shows the letter N in italics. The, the very wonderful, cute little N. That's that. Next is the first form of the prefix N, E-N, but it is also the prefix M. And we have seen this through many of these many of these words. Sometimes it's E-M, sometimes it's E-N, especially if you look at the etymology. Maybe it used to be E-N and now it's E-M. So they kind of go hand in hand. And I think it all has to do with what's the next letter in line? What's the third letter? Uh, so it says, um, I guess it's pronounced in or also N, but it says sometimes it's only in when is shown when N is infrequent. Wait, what? <laughs> Sometimes only in is shown when N is infrequent. So that, so when N is in, when the, when the way to say it is N is infrequent, then it will be in. I don't, I don't understand exactly what we're saying here, but in or N or also M because that's fine too. Uh, okay, this is uh, prefix number one, put into or onto, as in enthrone. So that's just the first part of the definition. There's more coming. Put into or onto. You are putting something onto the throne or into the throne, probably on the throne. You are enthroning them, and you are now king or queen, whoever, whatever you want to be called. You have been enthroned. The next part is cover with. Uh, I don't know why these couldn't have been separated into their own definitions because uh, it's all still under number one. To cover with, the example is enshroud. Put a, put a blanket over your head. You have been enshrouded. The next part is go into or onto. The example is in plane. In plane. You're going onto the plane. It's time for a trip. Yay, everybody loves a trip. Usually, you are in-planing. Into the plane, onto the plane. Okay, this is interesting because the first part was put into or onto. You are the one who's putting the thing. I'm, I'm putting my banana on the shelf here. So I have sh and shelved the banana. But if you are doing the action yourself, if the ba banana had feet and it went walking around and it put itself on the shelf, then it would have enshelved it itself. Okay. And then this says it is in verb in, in verbs formed with nouns. That's that's the the description of the end of this definition of like how this is used. 
in verbs formed with nouns. So the verb is in plane, in shroud, in, in, in throne, uh, but they are based on a noun. Throne, shroud, plane. You've, you've verbified, verb, verbized, verbified the, the nouns by putting the N prefix at the beginning. Okay. I think we got that part. Number two, cause to be. And the synonym is, no, the example is enslave. You, caught, you have been caused to be a slave. You have been enslaved. And this is not what anybody should ever be, ever again, ever, please and thank you. This part, this definition is in verbs formed from adjectives or nouns. Could, be, could become from a noun, could be from an adjective, uh, and if you put N in front of it, it becomes a verb and uh, cause to be, cause to be. I don't know what other examples, but we use, we, well, we're going to learn all about them as we go through the dictionary. We're going to find all of these N words. Number three, provide with. And the example here is empower, a good word. You're providing somebody else with some power, so you have empowered them. And for whatever reason, we're using the M instead of the N here. This is in verbs formed from nouns. Now, is that literally the same one from number one? In verbs formed? Yes. Same thing. We're using, we're taking a noun and we're verbifying it with the, the prefix. Number four, so as to cover. And this, the example is in wrap. When you're making, when you're making your, uh, your, your gifts, your, your Christmas gifts, your Hanukkah gifts, your birthday gifts, your other holiday gifts, your Indigenous People Day gifts, you have to wrap them up. So you are, you're covering them, you're unwrapping them. Uh, the other part to this is thoroughly, as in entangle. So you have been tangled up so, so thoroughly, you cannot get out. Maybe you're in a shroud. You've been tangled up in the shroud, and you are, it's, it's just thorough. It's completely, completely entangled. This one is in verbs formed from verbs. And in all senses, usually it's M before a B, an M, or a P. Okay, thank you for that explanation. So if you, you take a verb, and you want to make it another verb? Empower, enwrap, yes, entangle. So tangle, uh, power, no, sorry, that empower is from the previous one. Wrap and tangle, those are verbs, and we've made new verbs from them by putting the prefix at the beginning. Now, so if that verb starts with a B, an M, or a P, then uh, you use the EM prefix, but any other letter, I guess you use the N prefix. So if I gotta go do some mopping, mopping, um, and I'm I'm gonna mop, I'm going to I will thoroughly mop the floor, and it I will be mopping. It's has been mopped. That was probably a very bad example. Hmm. Okay. And wrap also doesn't seem like something that we use very much. Entangle though, that's one I'm using that every day. Um, let's see, is there, it's, it's basically just from the word in, I guess, 
Um, it doesn't really give much information there in the etymology. So that means we need to now move on to the next word. It's N again, second form, and it is also possibly M. Still a prefix. It means in. It also means within. In or within. As in enzootic. E-N-Z-O-O-T-I-C. I think you would call that enzootic. That's how you would pronounce that. In or within what? A zoo or something related to animals, possibly. Uh, this is usually M with an M before, again, B, M, or P, as in the word empathy. Empathy. Okay. What's, what's puthy? Pathy. What is that? What is that based on? What's, is that its own word? Is that a suffix? What's the, I don't remember. Did we, did we have, what was the, what was the etymology for empathy? Uh, where was that? I thought it was right, right over here. Isn't it? Yes. Empathy, uh, pathos. Okay. Passion. Yes. Emotional feelings, emotions, pathos. Yes. Pathos. I think that's the word that we're using here. So, uh, pathos, empathy, in, in pathos, in passion, in something or within it, um, that's empathy. In or within is the second form of N. Uh, no etymology, really. Oh, there's another, there's, um, I'm getting, oh, I see. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at the suffix part, M. And that's, yes, that's it. There's more at the word in. That's the etymology that we need to know about. Go to the word in to find out more. Now we have the first form of the suffix n. We have one, two, three, four. We have five versions of n right in a row. So it's a little confusing. The suffix n could also just be the letter n, not en. Uh, either one, with or without an e. And this is an adjective suffix, and it means made of or consisting of, as in the example, earthen and leathern. So we got two examples there, one with the E-N and one with just the N. So earthen is something that is made of earth, consisting of earth, dirt, soil, and maybe other things that are on earth. Uh, leathern, I guess that's something that would be made out of leather. Leathern, but I don't, I've never heard of that used. Leathern, okay. Uh, let's see, what does, does the etymology have anything to say? It's from the Old High German suffix in, which means made of, from the Latin suffix inus, which is of or belonging to. So it's of earth, belonging to the earth. It is earthen. Uh, from the Greek inos, which also means made of, or it means of or belonging to. Yeah, so anything it's from a thing. Um, pa papern, bananen, <laughs> bananen. What? It's made out of bananas, so it's bananen. That makes sense. <laughs> Next is the second form of the suffix n. This is a verb suffix, 1a. Cause to be, and this the example is sharpen. You have to sharpen your knives 
It's very important to have sharp knives. Though it has been caused, caused to be sharp is sharpen. I don't know of another way to say that. Cause to be. Uh, 1B, cause to have. It's not, it, it, it isn't, it, it doesn't, it's not a B thing, it's a have thing. Uh, as in, lengthen. Cause to have, lengthen. So it has length, you're giving it length, you're lengthening the thing. Lengthen the, this podcast. No, let's not lengthen it any more than it already is. Uh, so it has length. 2A, come to be. And the example is steepen, come to be. So I guess if you're making something steeper, it has it has come to be. Um, it's a weird, weird way to write these definitions. I don't know. I'm sure they're correct, but it's my brain doesn't really understand it. Okay, to be, come to have. And the example is lengthen. Okay, so we had cause to be, cause to have, come to be, come to have. There are slight differences, but they're very big differences. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't, I can't go on anymore with that. I just can't. The next word is enable. Transitive verb from the 15th century, 1A, to provide with the means or opportunity, as in training that enables people to earn a living. Well, that's some good training. You want to enable people to to have the knowledge that they need, whatever they want and need. You have to enable them, I guess. Uh, 1B, to make possible, practical, or easy, as in a deal that would enable passage of a new law. To make, it's we're making it possible for the new law to, to be real, uh, making it practical or easy. Let's pave the way for this new law. Here you go, law. You have now a path. We have enabled your way to become real. Um, you could start with a bill. I'm only a bill. My name is not Bill. Where are we? We are at 1C. To cause to operate, as in software that enables the keyboard. It causes the keyboard now to operate. It didn't operate before, and now now it is able to operate. Sometimes when I come in in the morning, my keyboard is not working. I don't know what happened in the middle of the night, but the connection between the computer and the keyboard is just lost, and I can't do anything. It's a wireless, but even if I plug it in, it still doesn't work, and I don't understand it. So it, it's, it's been disabled, which is very frustrating. Number two, to give legal power, capacity, or sanction to, as in, a law enabling admission of a state. Uh, yep, it, that's what it is, enabling. Boy, I just feel like my brain is not working this morning. It's a Monday morning. I'm tired. I could have slept for another hour, but I had to get up. Had to get up and do stuff so I could record this podcast for you. Let's see. There is no etymology there. I wonder why not. I mean, it's just N and able, right? So it's able to do thing, do something. And then we just learned in uh, the prefixes that you put the N in front of a thing. 
Um, it means uh, to to put into effect to not to cover with, but to uh, let's see which which one of these would it be? Uh, cause to be provide with yeah provide with able to pr to provide with the ability to do a thing. Uh, that's probably the one. That's the number three prefix. Um, and I don't think yeah wouldn't it be the second form? Yep, enable. Oh, it's gonna be fun to learn about these all these. N words. Next is enabler. Noun from the 1615 year. Uh, this would be a funny, a funny comic book character name, uh, a hero, a villain, I don't know. Somebody who's on both sides, the enabler. They they it, where where could you go with that? Um yeah, let's let's see what we got. There's just one definition, one big definition, uh, but there's an especially. One that enables another to achieve an end. Basically, to, to achieve a goal, a thing. Oh, you want that thing? I'm going to enable you to do that thing. Uh, so I'm an enabler. This is often used, and maybe this is what the especially is. This is often used with somebody who's enabling other people to do like drugs and alcohol. Maybe a, a drug dealer would be called an enabler. Or people in somebody's life, they know that they maybe have an addiction problem, but they're not doing anything to stop them from doing their addiction thing. Uh, so they would be an enabler. Or maybe they're actively helping them, and so they're an enabler. So, what does the rest of this say? One who enables another to persist in self-destructive behavior as substance abuse by providing excuses or by making it possible to avoid the consequences of such behavior. Oh yeah, there's a lot going on here. So you're providing excuses. So like saying, oh, well, it's okay that you're, you know, overusing these drugs, you're abusing them, uh, these substances, because, because you have some mental health issues or maybe because of your whatever it is, uh, you just lost your job, it's fine. You, you can you can use these so you'd be enabling them to use more substances probably not the best thing there's maybe other methods for you to deal with your issues so d d don't be enabling people in harmful activities uh, then the other part of this is we're making it possible to avoid the consequences of such behavior uh, so you're helping them get away. Maybe you're you do drive them away from a situation. Um, you, uh, maybe they're they're gonna go put in be put in rehab, and then you but you don't let them happen. What are the what are the other consequences? You help them avoid uh, jail time or getting arrested or something like that. Uh, so you're helping them do more substance abuse. Basically, that's what we call an enabler usually. But in general, if you're enabling somebody to go to school, to get an education, something maybe quote-unquote more positive, uh, that's also an enabler. You can use it all the ways. The last word is enact. E-N-A-C-T. Transitive verb from the 15th century. One, to establish by legal and authoritative act. Specifically, to make as a bill into law. You are putting a law to make it to make it an act, an, an authoritative act. You are enacting it.
two. The synonym is act out. Act out. Okay, as in the example, enact a role. So we're, I think we're literally talking about acting here. What, what role will you be playing today? Well, today I will be enacting the role of the scientist. I need, I need all, I need my, my white lab coat, please. I need to get into hair and makeup and, and, uh, and wardrobe, and then I will be the scientist. I'm, I'm ready for my close-up, my scientific close-up. I don't know what, where we're going with this. Act out. Um, an actor. Oh, interesting. That is a noun. In actor, in actor. That's a word, an actor. The one who is doing the enacting is the enactor. Hmm. Uh, okay, it's time for the word of the episode. We got there. We did it. I feel like it was kind of quick. Was it quick? What's our time? No, it wasn't quick at all. We had emulus, emulsifier, emulsify, emulsion, n n n n n, enable, enabler, and enact. Oh, I think maybe I'll just pick enable as the word of the episode uh, because um, I think, I think, what, what do I want to say? I want to say that um, I want to enable people. I think other people should be enabling people to do things to help. It's a help. That's what you're doing. You're helping people out, enabling them. I don't want to use it in the negative way about maybe substance abuse or something like that. It can be used in the positive way of enabling them to get education, a job, whatever they need. That's what it is. That's what I want. I'm going to enable you to do the thing that you want. I'm going to be an enabler. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, let's just quickly talk about another movie I watched, uh, which would be um, Hereditary. I believe that's where I'm at. Um, let's see. This is a very creepy movie. Uh, so if you don't like the creepy stuff, maybe stay away from it. Um, yeah, it gets real intense. Uh, but I will say there are models. There's miniature models made, and they're very cool. And it starts off with a shot that goes into a model. And that's all I'll say. It's a very cool shot. And I, I very much appreciate the models. And then if you like creepy stuff, you've probably already seen this movie. It, it gets kind of intense, but it's good. Not for kids, probably. I don't know. Maybe you're a cool kid. Maybe you'll like Hereditary. Uh, that's, that's on you and your parents, I guess. Okay, this is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening and watching. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Michael Hunter. My buddy, David Spencer, and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, HomestarRunner.com. You know, the guys that did... Looks like we're gonna have to jump!
said, come on, said, come on. We're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order. I've seen all of them, David has seen most of them, and David's wife Alexa pops in and watches them for the first time, just for the show. Come on, Fahuguapods, a Homestar Runner podcast, available wherever podcasts are sold, and at pipedreampodcast.com.